Yeah, I mean, really what our focus was, was we wanted to play, uh, make a place that was inviting to anybody. You are going to enjoy this conversation with Justin Urso as much as I have. He's an entrepreneur. He started this company called Big Box Karaoke in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and he talks about the journey and the story behind it. You are going to enjoy it as much as I did. Let's get started. What's kind of the backstory behind Big Box Karaoke? Yeah, so the backstory uh, behind Big Box Karaoke was pretty much, um, I, I graduated from the university in 2006 uh, with a degree in economics. Prior to that, I had done a study abroad over in Japan in 2005 with uh, Dr. Stapp. I think uh, he's a professor that still, he's still a professor there at the University of Arkansas. Did you ever take one of his classes? I have not taken, but he's still at Arkansas. Okay, so he's still there. So um, my minor uh, was in Japanese language. And so, you know, just, just got interested in studying the economy over there, the language, ended up doing the study abroad and really wanted to go kind of live over there, learn the language a lot more. And, and after college, I ended up uh, going over there after some time in DC to become an English teacher and uh, just fell in love with, you know, the, the country and where I lived and just everything about it. And one of the things that really enjoyed was karaoke there. Um, my wife now, she moved over there with me at the time and uh, we got to experience it together. And uh, it's primarily done in private rooms. And so we just fell in love with karaoke. And when we moved back to the States the next year, uh, we actually ended up living in Chicago. And we frequented a place up there that was a Asian style karaoke place. And it was a little bit more uh, divey, not, not a place uh, that was that inviting for everybody. And we envisioned building big box karaoke. I mean, we built, we, we decided that we wanted to make it a business. We wanted it a place that was inviting for everybody. And, um, but that was back in 2009. So we attempted to open it in Chicago and the recession hit, um, very similar to the times that, you know, you're, you're, or we're all facing right now. Um, just not good economic times, you know, to really start something, you know, that was going to take a lot of money um, to start with a lot of uncertainty. And uh, so we didn't get it off the ground then. And we ended up moving back to uh, Fayetteville a few years later and attempted a second time to open it uh, in 2015, 2015. That one didn't get off the ground. Mainly the building that we had just needed so much construction and it was going to cost way too much money. Um, and we, a couple of years have gone by, we really hadn't talked about it, but I had kind of kept a business plan, uh, I like to say warm. I had kept it updated and, uh, we just strolled across, uh, a location on block street in Fayetteville in 2018. And, uh, we just saw it and we just knew that that was, that was, had to be the location. And, uh, we revisited the, the business plan and started contacting people and, Seven months later, we were open for business. I've been. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, glad to hear you. You've had a t had a good time. I'm actually wearing my Big Box Karaoke shirt today um, that we had done up during during this time from yeah. Be Unlimited. So they did a little they had Alliance series and they put these out. So glad you uh, glad you had a good time. When was the last time you were there? I it was last. I so I graduated in 2019, December 2019. And so it was last, it was probably like November-ish. I mean, there's a good chance that I was there if you were, um, if, if you were, if you were there like 
I mean, if it was a weekend, sometimes I'm not there on the weekends. I, I work a lot of the slower days. It was um, a Thursday. Thursday. So pro- probably a good chance that I was there. Um, maybe. Who knows? Who, who but knows? yeah, glad, glad you've had a chance to visit and you had a good time. Um, okay. For those who don't know, I, I don't know who's listening or who's going to listen to this, but those who don't, what is the Japanese style karaoke? Uh, so pretty much just, you know, I would say karaoke in Japan is, is common no matter what you're doing. You know, I mean, it's it happens in an open bar or open location or at a home. But it also what they're kind of known for is having it in private rooms. So um, just think about your own room. You can have you could do it by yourself. You could have friends, family, you know, just kind of whatever experience you're really looking for. Right. And uh, so that's the difference, you know, primarily in the U.S., we're known for just having it in kind of like a big open location where, you know, you stand up in front of a big crowd um, or you tip somebody to play your song and then, you know, they play it and then you sing it and then, you know, you move on. But we love the experience of having your own kind of controlled environment where you don't have to worry about what people are going to think about you when you're singing. You don't have to be Mariah Carey um, you know, or a professional singer, right? I mean, if you sound terrible, it's okay. Cause you're in your own room, you know, and if you're great, then, you know, it's going to be fun for you as well. So it works for really anybody. So we have seven, so a big box specifically, we have seven rooms. They're different sizes, small, medium, and large, and people rent out those rooms, um, by the hour. Obviously in today's world that we're living in with COVID, we have, um, I would say 90% of our reservations, 90% of our business before this was reservations as it was. Um, Now we're reservation only. Um, So, you know, in that sense, the business model hasn't really changed too much. Um, It's just that the group sizes are a lot smaller and a lot fewer um, at this point. Do y'all, have y'all ever had just like one person do just run out of room? Oh yeah. Yeah. So room six is the smallest room. And I mean, it, it really seats up to four people, but we've had, you know, one person in there quite a few times and uh, you know, we've had, we've had date nights in there. So it's, you know, it's really good for anybody. We're also a restaurant. So people come there and they can get food, they can have a beverage, you know, they can dance and sing in the room. So it's really, it's all for, you know, anybody just looking to kind of let loose and have a good time in their own environment. Oh, that's awesome. And what has been, so you, you basically had to like re, you know, the first one, Chicago didn't go well, then your second one. So what, what your advice would be for someone who's like, okay, I have this idea and I want to move forward with it. I mean, it all starts with a, a with a plan. You know, you you have to you have to have a plan in place. You have to be doing something that makes sense. You know, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it just needs to make sense to everybody, but it has to make sense in some way, right? Hopefully, there's kind of like a an opportunity or a problem you're solving, right? Or there's an opportunity in the market for that particular business or that particular idea. Right. So those are some critical things that you, you really need to have. I mean, a lot of people just have have great ideas, but it doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to manifest itself into a business. Right. So um, so there's that first and foremost. I mean, the second thing is, is um, just really 
not giving up, you know, just pushing through. Um, again, a lot of people have great ideas um, and they might even have a great fit for it, but sometimes people just don't push it all the way through. You know, they don't, um, they don't make it happen the way it has to happen to succeed. I mean, for us, we would have never got to the point that we got to had we not really saved up money for 10 years. I mean, we spent, you know, we, we, for, you know, we forwent like doing an, doing extra trips or buying something fancy or doing this and that. We just put our money aside. And when the time came, you know, we were able to invest in our own project. Um, and that felt good. You know, it felt, it felt great. I mean, obviously this current time, you know, you question a lot of things about having done all of that because we, prior to that, we had worked in um, corporate jobs and, you know, had really strong careers in, in those jobs and, um, you know, gave up all that to pursue kind of a dream, right? An entrepreneurial dream. Um, but really just tenacity, pushing through, not giving up. Um, but you got to have something tangible in place for that to actually manifest itself into something successful. How did funding come across? Did y'all all fund it yourselves? Did you have to go get a loan at the bank? Was it private funding? What, how did you fund Big Box? Yeah, so we, um, for this particular venture, we funded uh, two thirds of it ourselves. Um, and, and part of that came in the form of a loan from the bank. Um, and part of it came in the form of us uh, collateralizing it or securing it with our assets for the bank. Um, and then part of it came from cash from us. Um, I would say our, our leasing, uh, the, the group that we leased the property from, they actually were able to do what's called a TI or tenant improvements uh, or leasehold improvements. Uh, they use both terminologies, but they did some build, help do some build out for us as well. Um, which helped reduce some of our necessary capital that we needed up front. So for this particular venture, you know, we didn't raise any outside capital. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider the banks not really outside capital necessarily. It's just a loan, um, which we're liable to pay back um, in that sense. Have y'all been able to keep y'all's employees during this time? We retained our staff for the first month that we were closed. And uh, we were, you know, really trying to push forward with that, but uh, just, it just didn't make sense. I mean, we, we didn't have any work for people to do. Um, the unemployment benefits that were passed were actually, they, they would earn our staff, which most of them were part-time, could earn more being unemployed than actually being employed with us. Um, so it's kind of, a, you know, an unintended consequence of the, the, the laws that were passed in terms of how that worked for people, um, you know, good for them, but, you know, made it difficult for us to, for, to make sense to retain people, obviously. Um, so we did, we retained a few people um, and we've had, you know, a few changes here and there, but, you know, our goal was to keep as much staff as possible um, for the moment we return, you know, we, we've started back business um, just a few weeks ago where we opened inside to reservations in the rooms only. Um, and business has been slow, you know, so, um, and understandably, you know, given, you know, everything that's happening, but we, you know, we don't know what the, we don't know what the headcount of our employees is going to be, you know, for the future right now. I don't see it being where it was just given the slowness and everything at this point. So you talked about atmosphere early that, you know, the dive bar in um, Chicago did not have an atmosphere. How do you work on creating 
an atmosphere through big box karaoke yeah i mean really what our focus was was we wanted to play uh, make a place that was inviting to anybody didn't matter if you were um, a child having a birthday party a 75 year old grandfather having your your party or celebration um you know if it was a, a college you know night a sorority event a mom's night out a, a bachelorette party it didn't really matter just we wanted to make it a place for everybody and we've and we've done that you know so we wanted to make it inviting part of that um came with creating a, i think a clean really clean feeling establishment um it didn't you know if you go in there it's clean lines um it's clean colors um it just it doesn't make you feel too overwhelmed by the experience right and so i think it fits anybody's palette for entertainment and what they're looking for um, so a lot of that was done, you know, with, with that in mind. Um, but I also think, you know, customers create the environment too. They create a great atmosphere and, you know, used to, if you'd come on a Friday or Saturday night, you would see so many different people in big box, you know, you would, you would see maybe some college kids out, you'd see some fan, you know, you'd see a family out in one room, you'd see, um, you know, people, you know, older people in a room or, or different races and, you know, genders and things. I mean, you just see different people in there that, that have different ideals and, and um, you know, it was a gathering place for anybody. Um, so I think that that in and of itself created the atmosphere, a welcoming place for anybody. And, um, and you know, it, thri it thrived off of that. So that was exciting to see. Yeah, that is really exciting to see how everyone is just – rallying around music being together food um yeah just uh it's kind of come like a staple kind of in Fayetteville yeah I, I think so I mean I think uh again you know everything I preface is is historical in nature as to where it was uh we don't know you know what what it's going to be like here in the next couple of months but yeah I think it has been a staple um we've only been open for about 15 or 16 months so um, still relatively new in that lifespan and uh, you know but we're we have a really good following of people um, our customers have been very supportive during this time and uh, you know I think they're all ready to get back in some fashion and uh, you know time will will be the telling source of how and when that happens what's kind of been the biggest surprise through your whole big box journey one of the biggest surprises is I think personnel you know, uh, employees, um, and, and to talk on that a little bit more is, you know, we would, for a particular job, we would get like 100 applications for a job. We would call 20 to schedule an interview. Of those 20, 10 people would confirm an interview, and of those 10, um, three to five would actually show up for the interview. So, um, you know, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I, I came from a world where, you know, hundreds of applicants were to apply for something and then every one of them that got an interview would, would, would show up for an interview, right? Um, but in this industry, in the service and hospitality industry, it's a little bit different. There's a lot of people that float through jobs. Um, and we actually had very limited turnover, um, which was a good thing. We, we pretty much retained the same team from day one up until the last few months. And um, so we didn't have, we just, you know, we didn't have to replace a lot of people, which was nice. Um, but, you know, the hiring process is difficult um, and people don't understand that 
that kind of trend of like all these people down to a few and then a lot of no-shows, it takes a lot of time from um, managers and the owners of the company to try to hire people. Um, and it's not really a good spin. It's really not time well spent if, you know, we're having that trouble, that troublesome of getting people in there for an interview. So um, anyways, that's been a big challenge, you know, just, just in that. But, you know, other than that, everything's been, you know, just learning along the way, um, rolling with the changes as they happen. Um, you know, I think for, for us, our, our, probably our second biggest challenge was just our food program. You know, we, we are a restaurant, primarily our business is karaoke and beverages. Um, but while we are a restaurant, you know, we were, my goal was always to break even on food. Um, but we, we lost a lot of money early on, on the food program. And, uh, by the end of the last year in December, we finally broke even, um, in a month. And so, um, you know, just managing costs. I mean, basically I'm a numbers guy. So looking at everything from, you know, half a lime or half a lemon to, you know, how much meat's going into this and how much rice you're using here. I mean, it's, you have to get down to that level of detail at a restaurant in order to be successful. So you talked about hiring people what do you look for in someone that is going that you want to hire i mean there you know i would say in this this field you know we can there are certain things that we can train um and certain things you can't train you know experience speaks volumes um but i really just look for people that are willing to learn um and willing to adapt you know i think those are you know, most of our team, if you've seen them, you know, and, and talk to them, they're just kind of willing to do anything, you know, they're really good at their particular jobs, but they're not afraid to step in and help out in other areas. And that's, that's in this particular industry, a key thing that I look for is just people willing to listen, learn, and, um, and help out, you know, because, you know, that's going to be what makes a team, you know, and I think the last thing is just really good communication, you know, being able to communicate with people properly. If you can't communicate um, with people, then it makes it really difficult. You know, you can create like hostile environments because people aren't communicating. You can create weird work environments, um, you know, between team members if just people don't communicate effectively. So, and, um, you know, just focusing on that and we're a very transparent organization. So we discuss, you know, anything and everything that's happening between, um, you know, kind of the different areas of the business. And, um, and I think that, that from, you know, top down approach, um, lends itself to transparency within the team and it opens up a lot of lanes of communication. I like that. Transparency is, you know, a key in about anything. What has been a moment that's stuck in out to you? So we opened on New Year's Eve 2018, uh, leaning into 2019. And uh, so the next year, going into 2020, we were able to have our one-year anniversary party on New Year's Eve again. And that, I think, I'll, I'll talk about two moments. So that was a big moment for us, just getting through that first year. Um, you know, we I think we had like 80 people in there at that point. We all came out into the the dining room bar area and did a big toast at the end of the night and, um, you know, sang and it, it was just, it was fun, you know, just seeing all those people have a moment together. Um, especially before kind of all of this happened, right. I mean, that you just think that 
that felt so long ago. And, um, you know, that really struck, struck a chord with me being able to kind of share that moment with everybody. We also did an event um, for Halloween last year, and it was geared towards uh, families and, and children that have food allergies. Uh, my daughter has a has a, a peanut and tree nut and sesame allergy, and um, and so Halloween is a difficult environment for kids that that can't eat a lot of uh, those type of foods, right? And so we organized a Halloween event called Be Aware, and um, we didn't really know what to expect, but we had partnered with a ton of brands that had allergy friendly foods, and uh, we got them to sponsor rooms. We had a lot of local community sponsors as well. And we didn't really know what to expect, but we ended up, I think uh, we had over 300 families from Northwest Arkansas uh, come to the event through about three or four hours. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were just so happy that there was an event safe and specifically for them that they could enjoy and their kids could have a a great time at. So, um, yeah, those two moments just being able to do things that affected people's lives in some way and made an impact on them um meant a lot to me wow that's such a cool event the that's a cool idea and that's you know cool that you got to touch so many families like that what is the most important thing you said you just celebrated your one year anniversary on new year's eve what's kind of for a young entrepreneur someone who just started a business or what would you say is the most important thing about the first year I mean, just be willing to do anything at that point, you know, that first year. I mean, some of it depends on the business that you're in, but I think just being willing to listen to what your customers are saying, uh, being willing to adapt and change, um, you know, being willing to do anything as a, as a business owner, you know, you can't start a business and think that you're too good for any function. You know, a lot of people want to say like, Oh, I'm, I'm starting this, you know, especially if you're in this industry, well, you know, people might say, well, I'm too good. I don't need to clean the toilets or, or, or clean the bathroom or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think being a leader is being able to step up and, and do anything it takes, you know? So if my team sees me roll up my, take my jacket off, roll up my sleeves and start doing all the dishes or cleaning the restrooms or whatever, then they know I'm willing to do any job in that place, you know? Um, you know, if you're starting a business that's, you know, within like the tech world or, you know, services or, or, or something else like that, you know, I mean, it's the same thing, you know, you can't, you can't just expect to manage people all day, you know, you're going to have to, to get down and do some work and, and, uh, I think really at the end of the day, just be willing to do something, will be willing to get your hands dirty, um, do the jobs that need to be done, uh, lead by example, and, uh, you know, be willing to listen to people, uh, whether it's your customers or your team, uh, about the things that need to be done. Well, Justin, I want to wrap up with five rapid fire questions. Okay. okay. First one, who's the most influential person in your life? Probably my wife right now. Okay. Number two. What has been your favorite book? Oh man, I can't remember the name of it, but it was by Damon John, you know, the Shark Tank guy. Um, I read his, what's the name of it? I can't remember it, but I read it, I think a year or two ago. Um, That was really good. 
I'm gonna give you two, and I hate okay. when people do this. They're gonna give you multiple answers, but um, the the Nike founder, okay, um, like the Philip shoe, Bio, dog? Shoe, shoe, shoe dog, shoe dog, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that was a really good book because that just showed you like the t the when I talked about kind of you just pushing through. I mean, that guy pushed through, you know, and, and he was selling shoes out of the trunk of his car to be successful. And most people don't understand like what it takes to be successful and how long sometimes it takes to be successful. So um, that's a really good book for somebody to read. Okay. Number three, what time do you wake up at? 6.15. 6.15. Number four. I forgot number four. Let's go to number five real quickly. What's your favorite exercise? Um, I'm going to say, so when I wake up at 6.15, I do yoga, um, right. stretching in the morning. and and uh, But the other thing I like to do is uh, be on the bike. Okay. Bike, mountain bike. Okay. Bikes. I love, do you ever go to like slaughter pen or... Um, I just was up there the other day. I haven't done all the trails here in Northwest yeah. Arkansas. I live close to Gregory Park. Yeah. Um, that one's fun. And I hit up that, yeah, I hit up that one every once in a while. And, um, but yeah. The slaughter pin looks amazing. That's a, I passed it. I did the downhill uh, from, from Crystal Bridges all the way down to that area. I saw, I was with the family and we were riding bikes up there and I saw it to the right and I, it looked amazing. I wanted to go up and, and ride it, but I just didn't have the chance. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I've just recently got in more into it and it's so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. All right, last question. What is your go-to song right now? Oh, this is an easy one for me. Um, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, kind of. I have a second part to it. What's usually the most played song at Big Box right now, or not right now, but in general? What's usually the most played yeah. song? This, I mean, this last year it was Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, TLC, No Scrubs. Um, I mean, those are Toto Africa, a lot of the staples, Sweet Caroline, yeah. I mean, a lot of the staple songs, you know, I mean, we, we have 71,000 songs though. So, oh. I mean, there's, there's something for yeah. literally anybody. Yeah. Hey, Justin, I'm going to edit this, put it out there and I will, it should be next week sometime. I will let you know. Thank you for awesome, joining man. me. I've learned a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks, Clyde. And best of luck to you and reach out anytime. Okay. I will. Thank you so much.